0: Um, I just want to say to everyone, uh, this past four weeks of Advent um, have been really good for me. And the reason they have been is um, it's not good because it's necessarily everything's going good. It's good because in the midst of everything not going good, um, the goodness of the Lord has just been proclaimed. And my, my focus, my heart, and my time has slowed down enough to be able to discern um, God's grace and mercy in the midst of what well, can be really difficult. And, and I can just look around and I know some of you pretty intimately and I know that's true for you. Um, and that's why we have a gospel. Um, and so from the messages that we've heard throughout Advent to the stories that our children have been learning in godly play and, and then teaching us um, to the discipleship of some of our students and um, All of that um, has really talked about this great mystery, um, this great mystery that is coming among us, and what they learn in godly play is it's it's still coming. The king has come, and he's still coming, and he's still coming. Uh, Madeline Engel, one of the just great storytellers of of our time, um, she calls the birth of Jesus a glorious impossible. And they learned that in godly play. And um, she goes on to say, she goes on to say that possible things are easy to believe. The glorious and possible are things that bring us joy to our heart, hope in our lives, and songs to our lips. Isn't that beautiful? So the birth of Jesus um, is one such thing. So let's bow our heads for prayer. Um, Come, Lord Jesus, Come. And bring new birth to us this day. May this birth be joy in the midst of our sorrows, hope in the deep wounds of our world, and form us, in us, songs of the beloved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So since I um, never get to read the gospel, I just want to read a little bit of it, Um, at least in the service, I don't. Um, In the days of, uh, in in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered, each to his own town. Um, Am I doing something with this? Do I need to move it? Maybe the Lord didn't want me to read the gospel. Kind of oh. um, And they all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to a city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn. And she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. And I want to say this because this kind of kind of catches the message I want to offer. The word in there, it wasn't like an, uh, an Airbnb. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't like a, a place you go and eat. The word there is the lower room of a family's home where everybody gathers, um, and when it's time to go to sleep, you moved upstairs, and they moved the animals into that spot. That's what that word means in Greek. And as I was thinking about that, um, I've seen examples of that. It makes sense. Um, um, that's where they stayed. People had already gathered. I love what they say in Godly Play that, you know, Mary being pregnant, um, it was it was hard to walk, so she rode a donkey to to Bethlehem. But if you're pregnant, it's hard to ride a donkey. So she walked, and they were probably the last ones there, in that great wondering? So she gets there, they get there, and this home in which they stayed, probably a family's home, was full. And so they slept downstairs, not out in a manger, which we have a little manger in our house. Um, look at the front of your bulletin. I love this thing that the Gabe found. That, that's what it looked like the downstairs of a house. Now, the reason I want to say that is this. There was movement, lots of movement going on. Crowded spaces, homes, shops, places to eat were just packed. um, Filled with travelers, sojourners. And, you know, it, it wasn't really a new concept. Uh, the people of Israel um, knew about pil- pilgrimages and they came oftentimes to Jerusalem. And when they came, where did they stay? They stayed in homes. Um, people were prepared for them. And as I thought about that, um, this area provided food and shelter to the traveler who was expected, who, and it was an expected response. Um, this is what they did. People cared for the sojourner. Are we really surprised that God chose this great movement to show up in the chaos? Isn't that his way? That is what God does, is it not? He, he shows up in the voids and the chaoses of our life, the beginning of our scriptures. Talk about God showing up in the chaos and bringing form and order. Um, that's what God does. Jesus' his birth is one such like that. Um, I, we watched the weather last night on the new. Anybody look at the weather? We have a hard time finding it cause we don't have we don't have MediaCon. We, we have to surf through Hulu or something. But we caught it, and they're calling this storm the wicked weather. Did anybody pick up on that? At least NBC, the wicked weather. Um, and if you look, it, it's just been amazing, has it not? I mean, what's been going on, we're really pretty lucky down here. Um, the injury and death toll is just rising. Um, I did some reading on statistics before the wicked weather came. Um, over 30% of our country travels over 100 miles one way during the holiday season. That's over 92 million people moving. Roads are busy, public spaces are crowded. Um, has anything really changed? Will we encounter God who shows up in our chaos? I'd written that down, and then yesterday, Gabe uh, sent a text to the staff. Actually, it was a Slack message, and I just thought I'd add this to it. Um, Gabe wrote text to us. want to let you all know that if you're looking for Jesus, he's at the makeshift homeless shelter in Mobile next to Ladd People Stadium. Anybody know about that? I know David Walton does. Um, I've truly never seen anything like it, he said. Um, there's, they're only two months into this. They've already opened up three more sites. It's being run by a guy who several months back just began living on the streets to minister to the homeless in Mobile. His love for these people is palpable. I was just so touched. God showing up um, in the chaos of this weather of people having to come off the streets because they can't live there anymore. Two things I want to just say. I'm not going to speak much longer, but Luke tells us that Caesar Augustus had issued a decree that the whole world would be counted. And this took place so that the emperor would be able to tax the people more efficiently. And what do you think the money went for? Um, It went for military It went for building up expansive projects of the areas that they had conquered, and it meant also feeding those who they had enslaved to build those. Um, It also meant that they would um, expand their empire. Um, Does it need to be said how much this system caused those in Judea um, and surrounding areas to find themselves either compromising their faith— joining this imperial movement um, or being marginalized or perhaps put into extreme poverty. This is the world in which Jesus was born. And you know this, and this is what we've been saying for the last four weeks. This is our world. In the weeks leading up to tonight, we've heard in the scriptures how the chaos, the pain, and the suffering of the world, rather than thwarting God's grace and mercy, um, has been the catalyst for hope and joy. Jesus born into the world, the glorious impossible, is this hope and joy. Isaiah was told that we have hope because those who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Light shines in the darkness, um, all our darkness. Titus received a letter from his teacher and mentor, Paul, saying, We hope because the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Jesus is that grace upon grace upon grace. Um, Clive Staple Lewis, that's C.S. Lewis, the great storyteller, um, he said this, Some of the temporal sufferings that we go through... Um, No, people think that some of the temporal sufferings, that no future bliss can make up for those sufferings. But they don't know that heaven, once attained, will work backwards and turn even the agony of someone's life into glory. Hope is not lost in heaven. Heaven has come to earth. Jesus is That one. So I want to close. Um, I told Ruth, I'd written an invitation at the end and I had a beginning and the question was, how much was I going to fill in the middle? Um, So here's the invitation. Come to Bethlehem. Think on the Lord Jesus. Um, Start with this fragile, dependent child and learn of who he is. What were to become his greatest passions, um, his heart's desires. Become acquainted with all of his ways. Now, don't complicate this journey by initially starting with questions like, well, how can God be good when there's so much evil? Have you ever asked that question? Well, I I love this one. What about the person who lives in the darkest place who's never heard about Jesus? Don't start there. Start with this child. You know, one day God might choose to put that question in the forefront, but I don't believe it's tonight. I think we're to start with the child. Learn about him. Mm -hmm. Um, And as I said last Sunday, read Matthew chapters 1 and 2 again. Read Luke chapters 1 again. Read them again. What is God up to in this birth? Who is this Jesus? Stay with him hear what he has to say. Don't let the church, we muddle things up so much, don't let that thwart you. Stay with Jesus. Stay with him all year long. Uh, You know, we tell his life's narrative for the whole year, and then guess what we do again next year? Anybody? We tell it again. And then we tell it again. Um, Stay with it, You know, um, I'm going to end with this. I wonder who you are in the story that we just read about Bethlehem. Perhaps you're Mary and Joseph displaced, finding your way, pondering and believing all these things, but not yet seeing them in your own life, wondering, is he ever going to do it? You know, you might be one of the caregivers. They weren't really in the story, but... There were a lot of caregivers where they're not. A lot of people whose homes were just infiltrated with people. Um, your home demanding you to reach beyond your own strength to assist the people that have been placed in your life. Maybe it's children. It might be the aging. Um, it could be a spouse who's, who's suffering. A child needing a home. God gives strength and perseverance time and time again. And you might be a helpless one, relying on the love and care of others. God says, I'm here with you. Uh, Give in to that care. And lastly, you might be the shepherds. Getting up every morning, going about the day-to-day-to-day work, and, and then God shows up and says, come and see. So I say to you tonight, Uh, come and see. Worship this one we call Jesus. Uh, Give him space and time and stay with him. Amen.